Hi there, and welcome to the Strike First Gaming Show. I'm Fosung Elizabeth Cookie, and I'm followed by the members of our wonderful production. So we have Anthony Veloza, the CEO of our Strike First Gaming Group. He covers toys and games. We have Dr. B Galaxy B. He covers fashion, hip hop, and video games. We have Kitty Kaboom, AKA Kitty Contreras, who also covers um, the politics of of video gaming, um, anime, and also cosplay. Then there's myself. I cover mythological moments of fighting video games and Japanese vintage anime. We have here, we have Tron, who also is gonna be covering his adventures in VR. And so thank you for welcoming and watching our show. So before we begin, I just wanna start off with a little bit of some news feed. What is happening in our community right now? So give me one second. I want to make sure that I give you your sources so that you have something to reference if you're interested in any of the topics that I'm about to display. Newsflash. <laughs> All right. So for most people that don't know, what's going on is the 50th anniversary of Lucasfilms Entertainment um, and the covering of Star Wars. So Star Wars reaches 50 years old next year in 2021. And there, they'll be doing a whole year's worth of celebration, releasing new toys, memorabilia, technology, um, most likely new DVD box sets, so on and so forth. And this article was written by Daniel Pickett right here. And you can go to actionfigureinsider.com to learn more about what's in store for a year's worth long celebration of the 50th anniversary of Star Wars. I love it. Next oh, up. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm a big Star Wars fan too. So next up, we got this um, wonderful innovation in the world of VR. Thank you, Tron, for handing us this um, source here to Wacom. I think I'm saying that right. I don't want to botch the name here. Wacom. I don't even know how to say it myself. Uh, I always say Wacom. 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 Unveils VR pin built for the next creator future. So oh. I'm, what I'm understanding here is this pin will allow you to use this during VR gameplay and on stylus tablets that can be integrated in the world of VR. Hmm. So this article will let you know anything you want to know more about it. I think this is pretty cool as if you have cameras set up in your VR space, the pen will be able to resonate light with those cameras and work in tandem with your experience. Looks like, looks like a, uh, looks like a yeah, little airbrush pen. Airbrush, airbrush yeah. Pen, yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, cool, you get airbrush in VR. Is, does oh, this mean man. virtual tagging is going to be a thing? Yes, oh, right. Let's do it. It's all in VR. Prime too. <laughs> you can learn more about this at roadtovr.com. Um, I wanted to piggyback on that piece of news information with the newest innovation in motion capture technology known as um, Rococo. Now, see, Rococo here allows people to take uh, motion capture on the go. There are these uh, light sensors that go on your body uh, that fit in a suitcase. So it's now mobile VR, and an individual person can put them on their body themselves, create their own VR space in real time. You don't need to be surrounded by cameras. You, uh, you get the software, and for little, basically $1,000 right here, you get everything. You get the smart gloves, you get the rest of the, the body equipment, um, you get the software right here. And then, um, and here's a nice promotional video reel here of how it works, which I thought was pretty cool. 
So <laughs> this Little Nas X. Yeah, so Little Nas X is known for using this same technology when making this video right here, Lord yeah, Danger. This, this, uh, this little iconic video right here when it first came out. Right. I also found out that the same artist, Little Nas, also used the same um, technology for another video of his called Panini. Wow. So this is That's just amazing. some concepts here of taking this VR equipment set up on the go in a suitcase with you. Um, I think this is cool for individual artists that want to change up and make their own music videos. It's mm. like um, the modern day version of the one man band. No longer mm. do you need to have like a thousand pieces of equipment hooked up to your body. You could just have this, make your own music video in real time. That's, That's crazy. Cool. Mm -hmm. Not only do I, I see, see this working for that, but also like VTubers. Mm. Do you yes. imagine the possibilities for VTubers using this? Makes exactly. me kind of want to start VTubing. Jeez. Oh, man, we're going to start VTubing, all right, for sure. Something, That's on the agenda. Something <laughs> you may want to look into, Brandon. Mm -hmm. This is right up your alley when you want to make your own music videos. Yeah, I definitely saw some potential in that. And uh, Cobra Kai Tone and Tron, please take note that we're going to have to implement this into some of our future projects, and I'll be the lab rat for that one. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Next up, next up on the news wave here is we have the GPD Win 3. So um, as, as you guys know out there, I've been following the world of um, the niche market of video gaming handhelds from China, specifically from Shenzhen, where innovations are constantly being created every day. And so this um, indie company has solidified themselves in the handheld market of mobile PC gaming with integrated controls. And now the long-awaited GPD Win 3 will be going on Indiegogo January, January 21st, 2021, where you can pre-order this and get this by May. So what makes this handheld here so important, the sliding screen with a QWERTY keyboard, um, integrated video gaming controls, but it's running off of Intel's very first integrated, a dedicated uh, graphics card with integrated CPU. Mm -hmm. So Tiger Lake is uh, Intel's first attempt at getting the power of an integrated GPU integrated with a CPU happening all at once. So we'll have the power of a one gigabyte dedicated graphics card on an integrated CPU motherboard, which means with the help of DirectX 12, we'll be able to run AAA games at medium to high settings without having to compensate so much for colors um, and for graphics. That means every Steam fighting game out there for the fighting game community can be played. So if it's on PS4, PS3, and it's on Steam, that means it will run without issues on the GPD Win 3. So I look very forward to playing Mortal Kombat 11 issue free on this device. And you can check more about that Damn. device at a gpdwin.hk or gpd.hk.hongkong. <laughs> Moving forward, Sega announces its 50-year anniversary. And by doing that, they talk about their handhelds and other video gaming consoles that they've created throughout the years um, in this, what they called a professorship. So this professor in this video worked for Sega at one point and decides to do a history lesson of Sega throughout the years all the way up to when it ends with the Dreamcast. And specifically here, why they went into giving their console names code names. So like Project Aurora was Sega Saturn, Project Venus was the Sega Nomad, Project Mercury was the Sega Game Gear. You can learn more about that at polygon.com. Mm -hmm. 
Capcom, Sega's 50th anniversary. Okay, moving, moving forward. And <laughs> Kerry Hopkins, the motion capture artist for Sonya Blade in 1995's Mortal Kombat 3 video game, the sequel to MK2. After 25 years, fans asks her to put on and don the costume once more. She's now in her 50s, has a family. She's successful, continues to act, and lets people know what it's like becoming Sonya once again after all these years. This is what she looks like and what it's like for her to reprise her role as a downloadable skin in the new Mortal Kombat 11, along with other movie, uh, movie actors from the 1995 movie that are reprising their roles through playable skins and downloadable packs on MK11. So are we gonna get? Are we gonna get? We're gonna get the Christopher. We're gonna get the Christopher Lambert Raiden in. Yeah, we have. Yep. We have that already. So so oh, so, so, so far we have saying, Christopher. They're getting money from these these decisions. Nether Realms makes the smartest decisions when it comes to what they put on their games. So exactly. they really do. That's crazy. And this is a this is a great homage to history just for Mortal Kombat. I mean, mm -hmm. let's face it. These guys have just been icons for years. So it's really, it's really, really awesome to see like Ed and you know the MK team like bring them back for this. Mm -hmm. So, so I, right, I've been so happy to see this blow up over the last week. So for right now, we have we have Christopher Lambert as Raiden. We have the original Johnny Cage. Mm -hmm. I can't remember his name. I'm, I apologize if anyone knows you could bring up his name for me. Um, we have Johnny Cage, and we have Hiroyuki Tagawa as Shang Tsung, and we have one more. I believe I believe we have Robin Shu as Liu Kang. Um, don't quote me on that, but I know it was three. Three Thank new you. skins from the Mortal Kombat 1995 movie. Now, of course, for me personally, I'm waiting for Talisa Soto. Where's Katana? He's beautiful, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Hopefully still she's coming. Hopefully. So, and his name is Lyndon Ashby. Is the name of Johnny Cage. Okay. Well, Thank they should you. get the guy. They should definitely get the guy as Kano too. But I think he just recently passed away. Um, a, a couple they of years. Uh, still I think you're get right. him in there yeah. somehow. Mm -hmm, to pay homage. Mm -hmm. so. Moving forward, um, January seventh, a day before my birthday, SNK reveals two new pieces of information. Yes. Regarding um, their proprietorships. So, King of Fighters 15 yes. will be announced with the first official trailer. Also, we should also be gifted with another trailer to the Orochi Saga, the new um, anime TV that's being done uh, revolving the King of Fighters series, the Orochi um, arc. So, uh, we'll be gifted to another uh, video regarding that. Also, the character from The Last Blade will also be revealed as mm -hmm. part of the next season past the Samurai Spirits. So I want to see exactly how that turns out because The Last Blade takes place another 100 years after the fall, after the end of the That's Samurai awesome. Spirit story ends. So I'm, I'm surprised to see um, who are they choosing to say that lived a hundred years before then. So that's kind of interesting. Now, now I'm really going to get into it some more. I'm glad they took their time on this because I think we first found out about this. Uh, didn't they show a uh, trailer, guys, at Evo Japan last year? Mm -hmm. They just yeah. uh, showed a clip of the like original like uh, font and heading they had for okay. it. But as we can see here, it's completely changed from what we saw um, at Evo actually last year. 
But um, I think they honestly just made that one up just to let us know that, hey, it's coming. So um, I, in my honest opinion and all of the other SNK fans and people that I know, we really like this whole um, style and font much, much better. Mm. So a, a lot of people have been approving of it and I'm really happy about that. And I cannot wait for the trailer. Um, funny side story, uh, my dad actually um, looks like a King of Fighters character. So jokingly on Twitter, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen the tweet. I did, I did. I, I'm just asking, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm not really asking. It's just a thought, you know, my dad looks like he could have trained the Akari team. So maybe, you know, put him in there as a background character. You know, I don't know. Hey, <laughs> let's get a moving started, man. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Please check out the tweet and um, yeah, let's, let's try to get this going. I, I think my dad needs to be in this King of Fighters game. So. <laughs> nice. Nice. And last but not least in the news wave is the deal between HBO Max and the new Mortal Kombat movie to come out January 15th, 2021. So close, man. So much good stuff. Karate Kid, Cobra Kai, and then Mortal Kombat all at the beginning of the year. So I'm I'm very excited about that. I see they they have, of course, I want to see who's going to be playing Katana, but right now they have a big emphasis on Melina. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's for the new fans of the new generation that are really big Melina heads right now. I think that uh-huh. kind of coincides with everything, so I understand. But mm-hmm. of course, I'm going to stand back, see how everything plays out, and watch it. Um, on that same notation, I can't forget you anime fans out there, that the, the, the final season of Attack on Titan is, has been released. And so each episode has been coming out um, one after another, um, once a week, I believe. So the first two episodes, I believe, are out um, on Crunchyroll. I'm not sure if it shows up on Hulu yet or Netflix, but do note that it is now out. Um, and this will be the final season of Attack on Titan. Now, before you go forward, this HBO deal with the new Mortal Kombat, Let's let's break this down for a second. I'm looking at that logo. That's not the original logo. I'm already mad about that. That needs to be the original MK1, <laughs> MK2. I need, I need the original logo. So this new. I feel you. This, this looks you like have a point. Disney, you have a point. This looks like the Disney Channel what anime. You're talking about Willis. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about the logo. So I'm worried about that. That's already letting me know that I don't know how the action and the everything else will be. If the logo looks watered down, how's everything else going to be? So I'm not mm. super excited about it right now. I'm a hardcore fan of the original story with Katana being more prominent. Let's hope this Molina arc is something different. So that's, that's well, I don't, I don't think it's going to be centered around so much Molina as in her arc. Mm. I think, I guess in terms of publicity, they named the actress who was going to be playing her as well as the other actors for Liu Kang, mm. Shang Tsung and so on and so forth. I'm not sure if they're going to do an origin story, if they're going to go for the original timeline events one through nine, or if they're going to do the new timeline. There's a lot to explore now in Mortal Kombat. And of course, with most, with most independent directors, they're trying to get their foot in the door. So by having a major license deal, getting authorization rights to portray someone else's material, most independent directors like to put their own spin on things. And mm. as a video, you know, as a video game player, as a collector, you know, as a historian, that, that tends to bother me a lot when 
you're putting your own spin on something when there's already source material. We right. really don't want to see your spin on it. We want to see what was tabulated already by the original writer, by the original creators. Mm -hmm. And if you're paying homage to somebody, follow the manuscript as it is. Fair enough. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Totally agree on that. One. Fully agree uh, on that. Uh, Infinity Wars was pure example. They kind of changed the origin of the story. They still had the same outcome, but it kind of changed the original shape of why that Thanos mm -hmm. was doing everything. So yeah. So that is our new segment for this week's on uh, the Strike First Gaming Show. Moving forward, we're going to start with you, Tron, with your VR adventures. What do you have for us? Yeah, I'm just going to show you a bunch of different headsets I got over time. Um, I'll start at the very current right now. We got this. This is what everyone's raving about this Christmas. This thing is like sold out. This is like a pretty much having a PS5 right now. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know if I'm going to open this thing. There's a lot of politics behind this. This is a very controversial uh, piece of hardware uh, politically and uh, in the gamer world. But uh, I'll start moving backwards from there. We got the old, old school. I love this. Oculus Go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You should be like a Go sign, like right here, or an Oculus sign, or a Facebook sign. But this is a Facebook piece of hardware right here, and it's uh, it's actually pretty cool. It didn't have the 6DOF that everything from this point on had, but it did have some solid software, and it had a – I don't have it with me, but it had a remote control that was also like kind of like your 3D hand in space. But you only had one hand because it was only one controller. But um, I have a lot of fond memories with this thing. Uh, it was really comfortable. It's light. Uh, everything's like on board. So this is all you need. You could literally take this on an airplane with you and like zone out and uh, be in VR. And uh, I modified this. As you'll see in a lot of these things, I modified a lot of these things to be more comfortable. But it's got the uh, VR cover pad on it. And VR co Cover is a company that I've been messing with from the very beginning since like when they first started making comfort mods because people were pretty much doing it themselves. But they say, hey, we can make some money. So uh, our Instagram, we're, we're friends with them and they, they hit us up and stuff. But this thing makes it so that you can like kind of pull this thing off. It's like Velcro. And then uh, you get the nice sweaty face, throw it in a washing machine or, or just clean it with a, like a sanitizing pad or something like that uh so not to dwell on that one too much but uh this is kind of the thing i was using like for a long time from this thing came out in 2016 so four years this is the original bad boy like one of the top two other than the uh the vive the htc vive this is the this thing is dusty can you see all the dust on here yeah this is like an old product but very good product that has like these good cans of sound right here that a lot of new ones don't have this is an this is like something every vr help headset should have is one of these but they don't so i'll move on to something a little bit crazier than that can you install those speakers onto the newer headsets yeah okay so i got this thing right here <laughs> sony psvr Yo. This thing doesn't have 
headphones either, but you can attach these like uh, Sony kind of like earbuds. Not the mm -hmm. best thing, but uh, and then there's things you can attach to the side of here that'll uh, simulate what the Oculus was doing with these these bad boys. But other than that, uh, this thing is solid too. Um, it's like pretty old, just like I'm going to get older than this, but this thing was pretty solid. It had the uh, PlayStation Eye camera to uh, track everything in space. So if you had your move controller, it would see the little colored blue balloon and then you wave that thing around and that's your hands in space. Uh, And we've got this thing right here. This is uh, probably like the best thing right now that no one's talking about. This is uh, the Pimax 8KX. So you're talking about two 4K screens, one right here, one right here, each piping into your eye. Mm. Some of the clearest visuals you'll ever get. Mm. And you get a super wide FOV, which is a, a field of view ratio. So you're talking about almost human vision. So you can kind of see off into the distance in the corner of your eye. And then all the way wrap around, so you could play things like uh, racing games or like space games where you're in a mm -hmm. cockpit, like Star Wars squadrons and stuff like that. Oh, you that's just, crazy! You that's can so see cool. uh, have a lot more uh, spatial awareness. So if you did get into it competitively, you'd be able to see people flying above you and below you and way to the side, way before they ever get to see you. So that's the advantage there. This thing's uh, this thing's pretty crazy. But I'm going to go back in time a little bit to May 2015. This thing came out. A lot of people in the VR world probably don't even know what this thing is, but this is one of the first ever things. Oh, is that, VR. is that the one that you would attach your cell phone to? You definitely, you definitely attach your cell phone. If I could find my cell phone, I had I this. Remember, I remember trying that at E3. That thing was fun. Yep. I had one of those too, yeah. So if you had like a Galaxy S6 or yeah. uh, one of the Notes or something, you could literally um, you could literally attach this thing, nice. pop it yeah. in, yep. put it on, and the gyroscopes and the accelerometers inside this would uh, capture what you were doing in space, so it would know. In in 3DOF, so you literally have to be like on a swivel chair like I'm on right now. Yep. And you could see everything around you 360 degrees. You couldn't walk off somewhere because you get a headache because it doesn't track that kind of stuff. It's super simple. But other than that, you're 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 locked in. So mm -hmm. and this is back this is back in the day, 2016. And this thing is known for overheating this phone in VR because you're stressing the CPU the hell out. Yeah. So you I would literally that. Yeah. You would literally have to do some kind of mod to it, or you couldn't run it for longer than 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. So I got this thing right here, which is a, a faceplate, a faceplate that actually comes with that covers it. Uh, I got it modified with a, a okay. like a CPU fan, nice. so and it blows cool air onto the phone itself. So you could get about maybe you could probably play this all day until the until the actual battery runs out. You would play mm -hmm. it all day, and then. Uh, but this thing itself, the Gear VR, Oculus, uh, with their partnership with Samsung, that's what this is. They were literally giving this out for free. Like, yeah. they were giving it out like Xanax in 2010. 
Seriously. <laughs> yeah, so, if you bought if you bought a if you bought a Samsung phone, you bought phone, this phone, yeah, you got it, you got it for free. So I remember yeah. mm-hmm. that. That's what that's what kind of helped push VR as as a medium to the forefront because of stuff like they were doing like five years ago, and nice. um, so, so tell me, all I got for right now. Um, so so tell I'm, us which is the one that you use the most right now out of all that equipment that you just showed us. To tell the truth, I use the old Oculus Quest uh, the most because it's uh, it's pretty solid. It's it's got a lot of things that people don't realize are better than the the new Oculus Quest Two that everyone wants, like the PS Five. Mm-hmm. But uh, the only thing that I could say that's really bad about it compared to the new one, it's it's a lot of it's front heavy. So you got to do the comfort mods, which I do with all my devices. So this one has like a Halo strap that uh, I got from China. Uh, it keeps all the pressure on your like forehead area, similar to a, a PlayStation VR. Uh, it's got these fans right here that blow cool air onto your forehead. Because mm. obviously this thing, like it's, this is literally a computer sitting on your face. So this whole front area gets hot and it in turn makes your forehead hot and your cheeks hot. So um, uh, other than that, yeah, this is all I've been using lately until I figure out what I'm going to use as a daily driver. This is my daily driver still to this day. I'm actually going to donate this to Cobra Kai uh, if I do move on to the Quest 2. So he'll be able to enjoy this and we could get on some multiplayer Star Wars Squadrons and all those good games. Awesome. And I'll take any of the extra ones, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. That has been Tron with his VR adventures in this week's episode of the Strike First Gaming Show. Moving forward, we're going to go over to Dr. B with fashion. So what's what's happening over there in anime and fashion and stuff? What do you got for us this week? Well, you know, speaking on the 50th anniversary of Star Wars uh, in the, or Lucasfilm and the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back, today here on Strike First Gaming, I, the bathing ape Jedi himself, will be showing you guys and gals and everyone the dopest new kicks for gamers to wear. So, you know, one important thing about gaming is how fresh and fly we look. You know, Kitty's always fresh and fly when she does her cosplay at every tournament. We see her at Overkai <laughs> Tony shows up looking ready for the runway. Cookie looks like she's ready for the Imperial Chinese ball. You know, and then you got Cobra Chaw ready for the world of VR. Um, and me, I just kind of throw on all sorts of stuff. So we're going to start with this to, to get the, the props and the homage to Star Wars, which we'll start with the Boba Fett Adidas. Um, these just dropped in 2020. An amazing sneaker um, based off the character Boba Fett from Star Wars, who's been making a huge comeback in the Star Wars universe recently. He was thought to be killed, but, you know, all sorts of stuff is shrouding behind the mystery of that. And we're finding out more. Is he alive or not? In the comic books and stories, he was not killed. He made it out of the Sarlacc. Somehow, the Sarlacc found him indigestible and spit him jet out. Jetpacks, man. Not Everyone has jetpacks. It's away. Until you look <laughs> into the universe about it a little bit more. But this is the Star Wars Adidas Boba Fett. And it has this cool pouch right here. You Dude, can the pouch sells me. That, that's perfect. The pouch, that, yeah. That, all shoes need that. Why don't that's we have a, those? Why don't we have those on more sneakers? Right there. That's on Boba Fett's That's symbol. sexy. That is sexy. Right here on the tongue, Boba Fett himself. You can't beat that. <sighs> nice. These are so sick. One of the most sought after shoes and going for a real high dollar Boba Fett Adidas, y'all. Let's move Those on. Those are beautiful. So you saw the villains, but we can't miss this iconic hero. 
he's the guy that you love to pet. It's Chewbacca. And Chewbacca <laughs> has his own leadership. These are dope. Wow. Yeah, everyone wants them. I know Cookie oh has a million things to ask about these, but these are crazy. No Wookiees were harmed in the filming of this, by the way. <laughs> no Wookiees were harmed in the filming, but these are really wow. cool. Everyone that I've shown these two wants to wow. pet them. I do. That. I wish I could pet them right now. I'm trying to hold back from doing this because right? I really want to fill these shoes. They're wow. amazing. Look at the quality on that. Um, and it even has this little ammo sash on there. That's my favorite <gasps> part. Um, on the inside, this is silly. On the inside, it's just like no. It does. No. It has a sound written out right there. His little growl he always does. So these Dude, are, I need a pair now. Oh my these god. Are fire. These are the Chewbacca oh Adidas. Super rare, y'all. And, and these don't have the laces in them yet. This is unlaced. I'm just like showing y'all the uh, the tongue. So how did you secure your pair? Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask next. You know, how in the heck did to, you get these? I had to sell my soul. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I so what happened was the morning that these came out, they sold out in seconds, not minutes. Yeah. Seconds. They were gone. I, I clicked on it, it's it sold out. Like it's at sizes, sold out. So I had to do a lot of tracking down and shoe trading and um and shoe hunting to find those. And the boba fets. The boba fets were even harder. Those came out, sold out in seconds, and they and they go for hundreds, like oh, four hundred or so right now. Yeah. Or, or they're climbing. Um, so you so actually had to do your Merc job in order to, do, to find the Merc shoes. Pretty listen, much is mm -hmm. what you're telling us. I almost cried when I missed the boba fets because I woke up one minute late. One minute late, and when I went to go check out, they were gone. One minute late from when they dropped yep. on the the timer. That's like a day late. If you're a, if you're a shoe person, you right, know yeah. I always see dudes in the FGC lining up online, so upset that they didn't get you know the latest pair of Nikes and stuff. Like right. every second, it's beyond every second counts. It's like every second is an hour, and the more yeah. that you're trying to do it, it's crazy. It's it crazy. was a nightmare. It was a, it was really a nightmare. I'm really fortunate to have got these. I almost cried when I didn't get the uh, Boba Fets because I woke up a minute late. The Chewbacca's I woke up on time. They sold out in seconds. I literally clicked checkout, sold out. Oh, I was wow. I was just devastated. But I did my hunting and got them. But the last you were gonna get into is your favorite hero that you want to recycle that we buy gold from, and it is C3PO. So these are the C3PO gold Adidas. And these just came out this year. Um, he has had more than one version of a shoe. He's had the low top um, three stripe shell toes came out as well with the gold tip. But these are the C3PO Adidas. These are amazing. So the tongue has C3PO right there on it. Nice. Um, the back has his face. Oh, that's really cool. Like. That's, yeah. that's a nice touch right there. And um, the front has a Star Wars little bling on the front right here nice so it says wars here and star on the other one you can also interchange it with um little ringlets and stuff of his face you can put up on the front and on the ringlets and stuff so it's really nice. cool and these wow. are the c3po gold adidas 2020 and i love those just to pay homage to star wars all these are unworn so i will be wearing these on tour with strikers gaming in 2020 whatever <laughs> whenever we get back on tour you guys and gals will see me wearing this so i'm gonna um, start saying I have that for everybody now. you know what i'm saying and i just love star wars and want to continue seeing the greatness of star wars and the mandalorian and all the other series to come including they and for every star wars head out there Cassian Andor has been officially approved for a show. For people who don't know who Cassian Andor is, he is one of the heroes from Row One that was killed, um, retrieving the plans for the Death Star that were given to Princess Leia in the beginning of A New Hope. 
So he gets his own spinoff, and Disney has approved, I think, one to two seasons of it already. So I'm really excited. And the same uh, producers for The Mandalorian, I believe, are on that project. So it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be a deep, uh, deep uh, character because, uh, you know, you already seen that he had some conflicts in the right, Rogue right. One movie. So I'm going to see everything that ended up how he was during the Rogue One movie and what changed his mentality over time. To right. be who he was. So, yeah, I'm excited. I got a question, Pete. So, yeah. you know, Adidas is always, you know, they're notorious for comfortability. I, mm -hmm. I see the beautiful design. Right. Are these shoes comfortable? And which one is more comfortable than the other in your eyes, in your, um, in your experience? Out of these three, the most comfortable, in my opinion, is the Chewbacca. It's just, it's, it's fluffy. It's furry. It just feels like you're putting yeah, on like, it's like some you, 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 you literally got yourself some Uggs. All right. You got yourself some streetwear Uggs. Now, dude, I don't want to hear one man complain because as long as you got your Chewies on, they, they are a dude's Uggs. You're so good. there you go. I'm sure you're, they're comfortable as hell. Like, I'm already picturing how soft and fluffy it is. I think they're only for wintertime because it gets so warm. I would never wear these in the summer or the spring. These are a winter shoe, so it's the perfect mm -hmm. time to wear them. Um, but all the Adidas Star Wars collection are comfortable, and Adidas has just been getting more comfortable over the years with their uh, shoes and clothes, and they're running a close race with Nike. So big props to Adidas for making a comeback in 2018, 19, and 20, and uh, continued success to that company, and I love everything they do. So back to you, Cookie. Thank you. So there we have it, Dr. B, Galaxy B, with his fashion. Okay, awesome. I look forward to actually looking up more in the world of sneakers um, pertaining to Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, I'm learning a lot more about this because of you. you thank know? you. So thank you. You know, I've learned something new today. Okay, moving forward, I want to take it over to Kitty Kaboom. You know, our, our, Fashionista, cosplayer, <laughs> politician. What's up? What's going on? What do you have for us today? And and now eSports uh, e uh, team owner. Right? Congrats. There you go. Congrats. <laughs> nice. I, I, I now have my own shares of uh, Brutal Democracy Gaming. So, nice. So moving, nice. moving up in the world, but yeah, so we'll, we'll talk do, do about I, that Do later. I see a collab in the future? <laughs> I'm hoping so. I really, really am. Um, I'm already branching out for uh, other companies for collabs and promotional things. So um, mm -hmm. we, we definitely need to do more strike first, cross me, cross VDG stuff in the future, 2020, whatever, you know, yeah. when we get back out there. So, <laughs> But um, basically, I wanted to talk to you guys uh, about the FGC. And basically, uh, on a positive note today, I think the FGC does a great job um, health-wise because when you think about a gamer, what, what do people automatically think? They think of like some big heavyset dude, a basement dweller with bad skin who never sees the light of day. And you know what? <laughs> I One reason I love that, oh, and who's always eating Mountain Dew or eating uh, Cheetos, Doritos <laughs> and Mountain Dew, Baja Blast <laughs> and Code Red, you know. Dr. Pepper. Always has a stockpile of Mountain Dews that have already gone out of, you know, process and like haven't been on the shelves for 10 years but somehow they have 30 cases of it behind them you know this is what we think about when we think about a gamer so i love the fact that the fighting game community actually changes the stereotype immensely and here's something that i've noticed and this is food for thought as well something for you guys to think about while as i go into this basically think about it 
the games we play, the characters, as you see behind me, like we all have our mains, we all have the fighting men and women we love and idolize. So, I mean, they've inspired us throughout all of our lives, whether it be fashion, martial arts, overall style, mm -hmm. their own persona, mm -hmm. you know? I think, uh, you know, Capcom said it best with, um, you know, saying choose your alter ego in one of our favorite fighting games. So they, people already know that these characters that we choose to play in these fighting games and that we always end up maining over the years have a very huge impact on our lives. And one thing that I've noticed that I think nobody has really realized in the FGC is how this, you know, unconsciously affects us for a positive. Think about it. You have a fighting game main who is, let's see, a beautiful woman. She's fit, little muscular perhaps, um, has great fashion sense, is always in these beautiful outfits. Hair is always looking good. Face is always looking good. And I feel like for the women and men out there, or you have like a good looking guy who's in shape, always has a hot outfit on, always has nice sneakers on, hair is like perfect anime done, whatever style it is. And basically you think about it and you go, I mean this character. And when I go to tournaments, I wanna do my best. I wanna look my best. Mm -hmm. I wanna feel my best. Mm -hmm. And we actually do that in the FGC. Everyone I know, including myself, when we go to a big tournament, we always want the hottest outfits. So what do we want to do? We want to look as fresh as our main does. You know, when we go up there and hopefully, you know, we're on camera, we're on stream, whether it's, you know, a clip of us walking by or whether it's us competing in tournament, people are going to see you. So we already put our best foot forward in that. One thing I also love is the fact mm. that the FGC loves martial arts and loves working out. You see so many dudes that are actually workout buffs in the fighting game community. Yeah, and I was actually... just talking about this yesterday, literally mm -hmm. like people that and that go to uh, travel around the world, go to tournaments and they stay at these yep. hotels while everyone's like literally in the house, uh, like training, they're in the gym. They're in the, the gym. Hotel gym working out. Yeah, they're in the gym, yep. Too, like the, your, your general physique matters exactly. when you're in a tournament. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You go, you go to the gym at six in the morning, you're going to see like five or seven other dudes that you're competing with or some of your friends because, you know, they want to make sure they get their training in. They want to make sure they're alert. They want to make sure they're awake. They want to make mm -hmm. sure they're ready for the entire mm -hmm. day because we all know we don't sleep during any kind of tournament over the weekend at all. And you're just constantly going mm -hmm. on that grind. And that's another thing too. Mm -hmm. Instead of us always hammering down soda, what is it mostly? We have awesome energy drinks that are focused around, you know, these communities. Like for me, I, I don't know if you've seen me taking sips of this crazy blue drink I've got here, but I'm actually drinking Glitch Energy because they're some of my favorites. And I actually have, you know, what's left of it in here. And one thing I like about these, these new companies like Glitch and, you know, um, like G Fuel and all those other ones out there, they make like video game based uh, flavors. They're actually mm -hmm. delicious and they actually have vitamins in them. It's, it's almost yep. like a mix of drinking um, a pre-workout and uh, vitamin C mm -hmm. or, you know, just like any kind of airborne to help like your immunity or something. So I just, I don't know if you guys have realized it or not, but you know, 
as as much as we talk about drama and everything, the FGC is kind of better for your health than other gaming when you think about it. Just mm -hmm. overall mental, whether it comes for, you know, you wanting to feel good and look good and do your best just as much as you want to do in training and showing off your character, you know, mm -hmm. when you're in competition. So I say, like, it's one of the better communities out there in gaming to be a part of just from that. And not only because of that, Look at how many of us love our fashion and have our own mm. styles. And I get to meet awesome people just like you guys and talk amongst, you know, you guys see badass Chewbacca shoes that now I want and I'm probably never going to get my hands on, but, you know, try to find those. So this is, this is one thing I love is just that it has connected all these other worlds that we're part of together. Mm -hmm. And I just honestly think that the FGC is healthier for you than other, you know, types of gaming cultures out there in the world. So whether you think about it or not, so. Glad you mentioned that, Cookie, uh, I mean, not Cookie, uh, uh, Kitty, because uh, when we're at these big tournaments, say like uh, Combo Breaker or CEO or Evo, uh, my boy does the step counter for us. We're doing like 30,000 steps a day. Yep. That's a lot. I've done that too. Like, I, I can't even tell you how many miles I've just ran from my hotel room to Evo. First of all, it's so far away. And second of all, doing that in heels and cosplay is not pretty. Okay, I am so glad there is a spa in the Delano Tower. So I just go downstairs and try to like, get feeling back into my feet. Like we are always on the go. And I, I feel like just as much as you need to have, you know, solid training mentally when you go to these competitions, you mm. also need to have it physically. And yeah. if it's one thing that FGC has taught me is that it's to take better care of yourself. Yeah, and right. a lot of people out there in the FGC do follow this rule. And then for the ones that actually take it on a public level and talk about it on their platforms, whether it be Twitter, YouTube, or Twitch, it inspires the rest of the community as well to mm -hmm. start taking better care of themselves too. And oh, I just yeah. think that's one of the most beautiful things about the fighting game community is that we actually want to be better people and mm -hmm. we learn from it through our characters that we're using in the fighting game. And now oh, yeah. that you said that too, because um, the fighting game community is based off a really rich history. And that's one of the other reasons why our community is so deep. It's because if you look at mm -hmm. the halos and all those, they don't have these long, you know, drawn out stories like Daigo and some of these players have who've mm -hmm. been yeah. around this long, who have these big arcs and these big like matches that happen, you know, mm -hmm. these moment, these Evo moments and stuff. You don't yeah. have that history in a lot of the other gaming communities. It's not the same. And the rivalries aren't the same. They're more in person. At um, exactly. events, and we all sit down and play our opponent right then and there. It's less online based. Elbow it's more to elbow, man. Exactly. You it's know? it's wow. a whole different story when you're sitting next to your rival in mm -hmm. person than it ever could be if you're just competing against another rival team online. Well, right. also so. also keep in mind too that the reason why the FGC has a rich history is because it's also connected to uh, multi-dimensional streams of productivity mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And, and other memorabilia. You know, yeah. most of the fighting games that we were playing also connected to TV shows were derived from comic books, then came through toys. There were other, and then music, there's other sections of it. And then mm -hmm. of course, when you have the tournament, 
all of those different subsections are then represented all at those collide. tournaments collide together under one umbrella the artists the video game players you know the um the musicians they're, they're all there the, the, the yeah. people that draw all under one umbrella and of course you can't get that from an nfl game mm -mm. It, you know people um the fgc is comprised of so many people that make it the fgc there's there's everybody from a cosplayer to a composer to an artist exactly what cookie is saying you just have all these people it's not just the players and it's not just the game mm -hmm. and you know we've again as as galaxy b was saying and everyone else is saying we have roots we have a history there is as much lore with the players as there are with the own characters themselves that are in the game. So. Right. Cool. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, much props to uh, people like BDO who uh, in the FGC community publicize how much training they do and, you know, mm -hmm. make people like me want it up and like, I need to go to the gym this morning. So props to people exactly. like BDO. Yeah. I got a COVID stomach right now. I'm not going to lie. So, you know, yeah. I need to go back to, you know, getting getting that king of fighters fit back again. So <laughs> I got some work to do. But oh, there yeah. are a lot of people who are definitely inspiring me every day. I see them working out or talking about it or challenging themselves while they're in COVID. So mm -hmm. again, be FGC. careful these, these holiday uh, holiday meals for the next three weeks. Just try not to overdo <sighs> it. New Year's resolution. Oh, yeah. All New right, Year's then. resolution. It got to be all year round. <laughs> well, thank you, Kitty. With our, with, you our, so with our analogy discussion of the FGC and what makes them so great, or what makes us as a community collective so mm -hmm. awesome. All right, moving forward. All right. All right, Cobra Kai. Tone, what yes. toys do you have for us this week? All right, everybody. Today, I brought you a hot toy by Hot Toys. This is the... John Wick Chapter 2, Masterpiece Series, Movie Masterpiece Series by Hot Toys. This is a hot item. Oh, my God. It's one of my favorite toys. So, you know, this is a one-six figure. Stands about 12 inches tall. Very detailed. Uh, hot Toys is the creme de la creme of getting detailed toys. Like, not in the 112, but more in the one-six, you know, 12-inch models. Mm -hmm. uh, as you can see, like, even on the box detail, the shine of it, you can see the grit. It's not just a regular box. It's got the Continental Hotel emblem on it from the John Wick series. So, you know, you are, you are in the neutral territory and you're safe. Uh, it's, it's just beautiful. It's a sleeve box. You know, I would expect a little bit different from Hot Toys, but the sleeve is awesome, which is also awesome to let you see the window. This is an unopened box. I am an inbox collector, so I don't open a lot of my toys, but you can see the detail in this. It comes with a lot of features, a lot of guns. Uh, I'm gonna really dig into all the features. This this thing is for the price point of $234 retail mm -hmm. is way beyond for, I have hot toys that are 400 something dollars that, you know, they give you equal detail, but for this to be half the price, you know what I mean? Um, this came out in 2019. Um, it's still, you can get it on retail and sites like Sideshow Collectibles, a couple other sites. Pretty soon it will be out and you will be forced to buy this aftermarket. And I've already seen aftermarket prices at high 300s when you can still buy it retail. So it's gonna tell you that it's gonna go up to like three, $400, five maybe. So uh, to getting into the details of this, this great action figure by Hot 
That's one of my favorite toy makers out there. So you get the John Wick, you know, look at, you can just tell the, the description and the head sculpt alone. That's that a hair, very good detail that on his beard right there, man. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, that is some that's good not, facial hair detail. Yeah, that is sculpt. That is not real hair. It looks real. The, the grit on his face, his pores, uh, his facial, his uh, wrinkles, the, wow. you know, the uh, marks from, from combat on his face, because you know mm -hmm. that the second movie was really, uh, really all 100% action. It wasn't really that much storyline. It was just all action. Uh, but <laughs> you can see from that, um, you can see the head scope. That's one thing we look for is head scope uh, for detail, because that's where you get the most detail as far as as much work as they put in. And also for if it's a counterfeit, head scope is one of the main things that lets you know. So this thing is very highly posable. Uh, it has 30 points of articulation. The uh, higher toys get 40, but mm, you know, for the price point, I'm not going to complain. You Are get, his clothes fabric? That is full fabric. That is a full nice. three-piece suit uh, with a like necktie, okay. dress shirt, wow. movable belt, socks, shoes, slacks. This thing looks better than my three-piece suits that I get from Japan. All right, this guy, this guy's <laughs> fully loaded. So, you know. Uh, you get poses like this with articulation. He comes with 10 different hands. Wow. So you get to do open hand. If you want to hold the mm -hmm. shotgun one hand, one hand, reloading. Uh, uh, he has the knife. He has like four different pistols. All the pistols uh, have slide action and removable magazines. As what? you can see with the shotgun also has a removable slide, has extra wow. shells. Uh, has wow. the knife, highly nice detailed knife. It also comes with the infamous pencil. You know, he wants to kill five men with a pencil. Uh, oh, that's funny. Everything, everything to the the blood marker, his gold coin stacks, uh, gun case with extra clips. What else? Mm -hmm. I, I even have to write down a list because this thing is so, so in depth. He comes with, what else does this guy come with? All right, guys, he comes with. Comes with his wedding ring. That's another point too. The hands are sculpted as the head. No one does that. So that hat, that, that was hand painted on the ring. Uh, just the little fine details, articulation. The only thing I could say maybe would be better is 40 points of articulation. Uh, maybe the suit a little bit looser so you get more ab stretch and ab crunch to make a little bit more crazier poses. But it, it even gets the detail to the point where the inner vest has the magnet, so the shirt and the tie don't start flipping out when you're doing crazy poses. Uh, this right. toy is very, very, very high quality. I don't see anything uh, better than this as far as a $234 hot toy. Like I said, I have things that are four or $500 from hot toy. One of my favorite toy makers, 1-6 collection. There's other people getting into 1-6, like, uh, Damn Toys does a good job. Mesco starting to do the one six because Mesco is the master of the one twelve. But criminal to criminal one six is definitely hot toys. You guys, it looks uh, like a uh, Barbie has a new bodyguard apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's where toys are getting to right now. Uh, there's yeah. you know the regular action figures you can get for twenty twenty five thirty dollars, and it mm -hmm. gets all the way up to the big boy toys where they give you the full fledged tailored three piece suit. Mm -hmm. with the socks and the shoes to match. Even his shoes has speckle that, you know, he's in combat. They're not even 100% new shoes. It even has dirt speckle on the shoes. So that's, that's the highly awesome. level detail you get with Hot Toys. So I highly recommend everybody who's going to get into Hot Toys or likes John Wick or just likes toys, get this now because it's already been out for a year and pretty soon it's not going to be for retail. So 
what makes me wonder about this toy now is are they going to do an updated toy for this one now that he's missing a finger? Yes, uh, they will. I, I believe they already did a, a, a John Wick toy for the first John Wick, but this is the movie masterpiece series, so they will continue as they go. Um, I want to see that one because the third movie was the best one to me. Those fight scenes with the it ninjas. was good. It was good. I loved it. Made me a. I was already a John Wick fan, but that just threw me through the roof, and that's when I really just started collecting all John Wick toys from Iron Studios to the statues to the action figures, Mezco, Mafex. I have a big John Wick collection now. You have the Pigeon King? No, I don't. I, I, oh. If he comes out, I'm getting him. Oh, you know I'm getting him. Come on, man. Morris Fishburne? That's Fishburne. Yeah, I was Come on, bro. That's Morpheus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I, I would want um that female, the adjudicator. <laughs> I oh, want yeah. her. Oh, yeah. I'll either want her or I want the woman who was the madam of the ballet of the ballet of all the ballet tea of um, dancers. She was the head madam. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm mad they stabbed her through her hands. But, you know, I love I just loved her demeanor. You know, I would I would get a doll of her. <laughs> and that's another thing they I love about John that. Wick. They highlight the powerful women in the movie like they, mm-hmm. they, they, they get their shot. It's not just about John Wick. The, the women are just as as Vicious. Vicious cunning as the yep. enemies and just as skillful as John Wick in getting the job done. So I love it. I'm really happy to mm. see more toy companies actually using fabric mm. on the clothing on um, on their action figures and their toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, real real action heroes does that, and they have some of the most beautiful JoJo's um, bizarre adventure figures. If you haven't looked, and here's the terrible thing. They've been out for about, you know, a decade or so, and they just go up in price. So you are 100% correct. What you and, and you're coming from somebody who collects figures just as much as you guys do. And we all know, like, for example, the Morgan right behind me, the nurse Morgan right here. I had a friend pick her up at the Capcom store in Japan one year during Evo Japan and she was 120 mm. and now you look online and she's already going mm. for like four to five hundred dollars especially like the alternate color version and with real action mm. heroes they have part six part three jotaro fully clothed mm. tons of accessories they have jolene kujo and um two of my favorites they have both versions of kira yoshikage and he's fully clothed with his outfit. He comes with the little sandwich bag. He comes with the female hands that he chops off. Like it's absolutely beautiful figures and they just keep going up in price. So you are 100% correct. Buy your figures now before you are like me and you regret it later. Cause they're about a hundred plus figures. I'm like, damn, I should have <laughs> bought that. I should just oh, put yeah. that on the credit card. You know, now I'm going to have three more credit card payments just to get it now. So there you go. That's how it is oh, in the yeah. figure life. <laughs> oh, yeah, move fast, move fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, then tell us um, this particular figure. Um, where do you recommend for the community to find this figure if they can't find it at its main location? Where online can they search for figures like this if they're hunting? Okay, so for Hot Toys, um, there's the main site I go to, and they sell everything hot toys. I think I got 90% of my hot toys from this site. It's Sideshow Collectibles website, sideshow.com. Mm. They, uh, they are, will give you to retail price. They don't mark up over time. Like some other websites will mark up the price as time goes before it sells out of their stock. Yeah, that's, that's where you go. Like I said, 234. 
I've seen it on Amazon and eBay already for three, three eighty, and I'm like, I still buy retail. You guys, what are you doing? So yeah, that that's a place where I would get most of my hot toys because they always release them first, and you can get them pre-ordered. And once you pre-order them, it's already locked in, and you don't have to. You can do a, a, a payment plan within anywhere from two to five months. So if you don't have the money, you lock in the pre-order for a couple like twenty dollars. And then sure. slowly pay it off, or just pay it off in one lump, one lump sum when it releases. So that way you can lock it in before it sells out, and then you can lock it in, like you said, Kitty, at the hundred twenty before it goes to three four hundred price. Yes, you know, <laughs> that's that's the truth right there. And I didn't know they do payment plans now too. So that's actually really handy for a lot of people. So good to know. Good to but, know. But well, watch out because. Uh, don't make the mistake like me. I, I love toys and I just keep pre-ordering and then I, I kind of calculated my toll. It's up there, y'all. It's up there. <laughs> I don't want to say how much, but it's up there. But I'm happy I did it, but it's up there. It's expensive sometimes when you don't pay attention to how many things you have on pre-order. That's true. Well, cool. Well, thank you. Thank you, Tone. That has been his segment on toys with the Strike First Gaming Show. So thank you. I'm going to go last, of course. As we always, I will always go last for the community. And welcome to the Cookie's Mythological Moments. Just recently, an older video game came up um, on somebody's video gaming channel. I never forgot about it, but realized that the game didn't deserve the justice it needed. And so today on the Strike First Gaming Show, I'm going to give us the justice this game needs. So I'm going to share this screen with you guys and for the world to see this is called the name of this game in english is called evil zone but the japanese name of the game is called edits vaju so right here is what it looks like for the american version the american version is here the japanese version is here and this was the european version i happen to own the japanese version which i'll show momentarily this is the soundtrack right here, which I also own. Um, and this is the drama CD. And of course, when the game came over to America, we just got the game and that was just about it. So a little bit about the game itself. It is a 3D, 3D polygon fighting game with sidestepping, very similar to Battle Arena Toshinden. Came mm -hmm. out in 1999, the company name was Ukes. Now, what makes this anime fighter so special is because it was set up in the style of TV anime episodes. You pick a character and their entire story plays out like a TV episode. And at the end of the episode, it goes to the next fight, which of course is introduced as another episode. So going more forward, these were some pr promotional shots um, of the game at the time when it was trying to make money um, as what was supposed to be the next best 3D fighter at the time for PlayStation. Um, it became a niche game and then, of course, lost to the sands of time. Most people forgot about the game. So the story is very simple. There is a being, a female witch, which is her. Her name is Iharduka. She can exist in multiple, multiple realities at a single time. She is said to destroy multiple worlds and a sorcerer of the light trapped her in this confined zones known as Evil Zone or Eretz Vaju in Japanese, and has summoned many warriors to the land of Iperseru to come together with joint power to destroy this woman before she escapes the evil zone and destroys the multiple realities for which she's existed in. 
And that's how the story goes. And of course, as you play the game with every character, they all have their own unique storyline. Some intertwine with others, some are just original and some are just standalone. But you are gifted with the nifty um, incentive of playing the game with everyone. Because when you do and you beat the game with everyone, you then unlock Iharduka, which her, which her TV episode is called I Want to Kiss in the Dark. That's the name of her entire TV line, which is a play on this actress right here, or um, actress and singer Masami Okui, who actually was hired to sing the opening theme song Kiss in the Dark for Eric's Vaju. Unfortunately, when the game was um, released in America and due to licensing rights, the opening theme song Kiss in the Dark was removed along with two other vocals that are in the original Japanese counterpart and replaced with techno music. Uh, Masami Okui is also known for singing many opening anime TV shows um, theme songs such as um, Rinbu Revolution from Shoujo Kakume Utena and also Endless Life from another all-female fighting game on PlayStation called Advanced VG2. Um, she is currently now part of an older team, uh, anime concert team here called Jam Project. These guys are known for seeing retro anime music along with her. They're all currently working doing new anime music for newer TV shows that are in here and now, but they go around giving concerts all over Japan and also all over the world. I had the opportunity to see her and the rest of Jam Project in, I believe, 2016 or 2015 when they came to the Fort Mason Center in San Francisco to do their concert. And yes, Miss Okui sang Rinbu Revolution, in which I lost my voice from singing and shouting. <laughs> <laughs> if I were with you, I would have been the same. I'd be screaming, take my revolution also. So I'm oh, that, that's the song she sung, baby. She sung Rainbow yep. Revolution from Uta. Yep. And, you know, mm -hmm. all these new anime heads didn't know the song. So all us older folks literally pushed all the new people out the way, Wait. ran to the front. <laughs> I would have done the same thing. I would be like, move, you damn weeb. All that Otaku coming through. <laughs> so, so let me tell you, girl, you don't know. I literally puffed my chest up like a fucking robin. And I was shouting, and of course, the music, when she was singing the song, when she was singing the song, the, the anime was playing in the background. So, of course, yes. I'm reenacting the opening of the anime as Utna <laughs> flies with the sword, and Anthony shows herself with the dress, and she does this. And I'm doing all of this while I'm singing the song, and I'm quite sure Okui was like, what is wrong with this black person? Of course, <laughs> she's looked at me, but at the time, I was so enraptured with her because I finally saw her after all these years that mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to show her I know this song, <laughs> word for word. That's but, um, beautiful. I, I would have been in my Auntie Himamiya movie cosplay if I were there. Uh, I would have been there. We, we would have been like screaming and crying and jumping up and down together. Let's, let's be real here. It's totally geeked out. <laughs> it was so um, something to remember. But getting back to Eris Vaju. Um, one of the main topics that I wanted to hit outside of the story is the concept of licensing and why certain music gets removed from video games when they get imported into America. So touching on the same subject of a more um, mainstream game, Rival Schools. Rival Schools and Soul Calibur or Soul Blade before it became Soul Calibur went through the same treatment. And Soul Blade, there was a song in a video game called um, The Edge of the Soul which was the opening theme song and actually in English on the PlayStation release of Soul Edge. 
And when you buy the official soundtrack, the song doesn't show up because see the artist is the one who wrote it and arranged the song. Therefore, you can only find the song on the artist CD. So mm-hmm. in Japan, they like to have what they call two inch CDs. And when you can't find a song, a vocal song that's particularly on a Capcom and SNK or a fighting game or just a video game anime soundtrack in general, it just mainly because they just didn't have the licensing deal with that artist to put their song on that soundtrack, which means you have to go get it from the artist CD. This happened with Soul Edge, which is the two inch CD to the heat of the soul, the opening theme song. And also with rival schools, it's our school. We will fight for our justice for the first song that came out um, back when rival schools released on PlayStation. That opening theme song by that dude was awesome. But guess what? There are five Project Justice soundtracks out there, including the ones for Dreamcast. And this artist's song does not show up unless you get his two-inch CD. Mm. Okay, question. Where did you find those two-inch CDs? So two-inch CDs is also a niche collecting um, hobby that I have when you go to the book-offs and also the mandarakes in Japan. Um, We used to have them a lot at the book-off in Manhattan on the East Coast of New York City. Unfortunately, um, we have like five book-offs in Southern California. I'm quite sure you know about them. And Mm -hmm. they do not carry the two-inch CDs like that. You have to go to Japan to get them. And the beautiful thing about these CDs is that they're like, 25 cents a piece. Cookie, uh, yes. could you do like, uh, through the company you're talking about, the uh, ones that you have, uh, you said in New York, what's the name of the company again? The one you said they have a few of them in LA? Yes, uh, Book so, Off. so it's Book called Off. Book Off. And Book Off is part of a large um, conglomerate company known as the Off Stores. So there's Hobby Off, Book Off, Liquor Off, Mode Off, and um, there is, one more, I can't remember the name, but they all specialize in used items that look brand new because the Japanese keep everything pristine yeah. for like two, three dollars. That's how I'm collecting my figurines. I go to the book offs in Japan in the countryside and get like my figurines for three dollars. I haven't paid no more than six, seven dollars for figurines that when they first came out, they were like between a hundred and two hundred dollars when they become out of print or nobody gives a damn about them. They go off to the countryside, to the book off stores and become fodder for people like me that collect the old stuff and bring them in. And that's how the anime conventions get away with their bullshit. They do the same thing buy all that stuff at between 50 cents and $10 and then go to the anime conventions to resell them at their original prices. 40 to 70 or even more. Like that's right. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Kugi has given me a lot of the tech information but when i finally got to go to japan and i saw how cheap all the anime figures that are at conventions selling for 120 70 dollars they are like 15 dollars 13 dollars above me i have my brawly collection in this shelf and there's a chilai figure i got her for 11 damn dollars and wow. the lowest i saw her in another mandorake in um in Akiba was eight dollars mm. open box now when i go to an anime convention or you know i see it at a store 
it can run from 40 to $70, depending on who's trying to blow or gouge you as much as, as yeah. they possibly think they can, because not many people have found that Chi-Li figure, especially in the beginning of the year. Now she's more common, but in the beginning of the year, this is, this is what they do. And when I came back from Japan, I'm like, I am not going to Anime Expo ever again to go shop in the dealer's hall, because honestly, you, for the same amount of money, you could get a trip to Japan, you could buy all your figures and some awesome clothing and then come back for as much as you would now blow at like anime expo anime expo or another bigger convention because the conventions have gotten so damn expensive last like, last but not least i want to make sure i show this um the opening theme song kiss in the dark by uh masami okui who sings that on the Evil Zone Japanese release of the PlayStation game that gets ripped out and replaced with a techno theme in the American release of the game. Also did, um, that song was released on her Doken soundtrack when, when she was just getting her foot in the door as an anime singer for video games and for TV shows. And here is the official Laserdisc concert of Doken of her singing Kiss in the Dark as, as well as the other songs in the Doken album live. Nice. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. And so a lot of um, older anime music by uh, veteran singers who lived through the ages will have their concerts, if not on VHS tape, on Laserdisc. And that's usually what closes out a collector's season of things. So if you're collecting the toys, the music, the comic books, the games, everything on it, usually the last piece is the Laserdisc if there's a concert to that uh, artist's album. Hmm. And that has been a Cookies mythological moment. That is some good insight <laughs> right there. A lot of good um, insight, yeah. just, just so you know, one of the best book offs that we have here in uh, California, Southern California. Into the mall. <laughs> Del Amo Mall in Torrance. That one is really good because let me tell you, I blew around a hundred bucks there last week trying to win... Um, the My Hero Academia Hawks Kuji Ichiban Kuji Prize. They actually sell Kuji there. You could actually really? do the Kuji raffle there. And really? unfortunately, instead of like $7 a ticket in Japan, it's $13 a ticket. So, you know, Mike and I tried like five times to get me, you know, the big Hawks figure from My Hero Academia. And um, I have a bunch of clear file folders if anybody wants one. <laughs> I know. Like when I'm going for uh, going for the figure, they give me the towel. Ah, I yeah. mean, the towel's no, still cool, I, but I want the figure. I would, like, I would have liked the towel. I didn't even get the towel. We just constantly got, like, the G prize. And I, so I have, like, five clear file folders I don't need. Of course, I took the last Hawks one. But, you know, if, if anybody wants a clear file, come see me because I have plenty. <laughs> Cookie, Cookie and Brandon and uh, my brother Tom were there. Uh, we were just exiting uh, Baby Milo Bape, and then we were at the Family Mart across the street, and they had the whole Ichiban Kuji Extreme Scion, Extreme Scion uh, 2019 release, oh, 2020 release, and I literally bought the whole thing. My boy was like, my boy's gonna want the whole thing. They even let me get the. They even let me get the display. Get the display. Like, no and one everything, has. Like... Yeah. So For I was like, real? Yeah. I'll take it all. <laughs> and everything I brought home, I spent maybe three seventy on that collection. That collection is worth twelve hundred bucks. 
I believe it. Mm. I believe it. Because the figure of Hawks that I want is anywhere from 120 to about 200 plus dollars. So for a damn coogee raffle prize, you know. <laughs> hey, you got to be there to get it though, or it's aftermarket immediately. Exactly. So, so the fact that this, this book off in Torrance had it, you know, and, cool. and, you know, now that we're talking about it uh, after this, I'm about ready to drive over there and try again, make sure, see if that Dude. figure is still Dude. there or not. Like, I'm so tempted you guys. <laughs> if I do, I'll record it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. I, I, I want the experience. I want the experience. Exactly. You can just feel the tension with me. <laughs> All right, guys. So that brings us to our topic of the hour, which is video gaming movies translated into live action um, series or movies. So the good, the bad, and the horrible. One movie apiece. No picking the same movie. Starting with you, Anthony. All right, guys. I'm going to start off. Well, Cookie, I kind of did a little bit of a twist on what you asked. You, you asked for video games that became movies. Mm -hmm. uh, and most of the times it usually becomes, you know, movie, toy, uh, no, video game, toy, movie, toy, video game, movie. I'm going toy, movie, video game. So I'm going with the 1987 uh, movie of Gotcha. You guys remember Gotcha? Gotcha, the paint gun for kids that actually really hurt. Like, get shot as a kid, it's like a real paint gun. Uh, so, Gotcha came out in 1987, the movie. It started first, uh, my brother was, I wasn't old enough, my brother was old enough, so he, he was always on point with toys. So, Entertech made the Gotcha gun. So, you got a little, let me show you, let me just show you guys. This, this thing's cool. It's very nostalgic, it brings back my memories. This right here is the video game, but the toy, the toy started like this. This is. I remember that now. Holy crap! Yeah, oh. it came with the goggles because, dude, literally, if you shoot somebody, that thing hurt. I don't know why they gave paintball guns <laughs> to kids, not even grown kids, little kids. Little that kids. stuff hurt. So it came. With, we also had that one. <laughs> I remember. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then I thought the game came out first because I didn't see the movie until way after the game. But it actually turned out that the movie came out first. And I didn't wow. see the movie until way after the game. So the movie with uh, Anthony Edwards stars, you know, he was in college. And then the movie starts off him and his college buddies were playing hide and go gotcha on the college campus during school hours. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Trying to get each other. And it ended up being to where he wants to go to Europe to go experience European women, you know, very 1980s. Uh, and he ended up meeting some women and he ends up getting some CIA Soviet riff. And that's where the adventure starts for him in the movie. But, you know, uh, going back, um, the toy and the video game, that's so 1980s, uh, especially the toy, because I just remember running away from my brother while he was trying to shoot me that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, maybe they just wanted people to know, well, when you got shot, you got got. <laughs> got you. <laughs> Literally got got. Got him. Yeah, got him. Got him. You got got. <laughs> But that, that's my twist on it. I wanted to go over a little bit reverse because I, I, I really nah. thought about that movie. No, that's cool. That I actually forgot. I forgot about that item, the movie, and that. So that's cool. That is a fun twist. I like it. All right, Brandon. All right. Um, I'm going to have to go with the most horrible video game translated movie of all time. And I would have to say that will be 
Uh, it's a tie between two, but I only can pick one. So I'm going to have to say Super Mario Brothers. Yes. Oh, that's the movie I was yes. going to pick. Yeah. Thank you. The worst <laughs> game movie translation ever. So let's <laughs> start. With, so before anyone takes anything I was going to say, oh. you got to start with the gigantic Goombas and trench coats with the small shrunken heads like Beetlejuice. No, Thank stop you. it now. That's supposed to be a Goomba. No, I'm it done. It didn't even look like a Goomba. It just looked like a deformed alligator or something. Like, I, I don't, don't know. know. It was just, it that, like how the, was that a Goomba? You know what it looked like? It looked like um, the guys going up the stairs in Daft Punk's video around the world. <laughs> they have a small head and they're in a big trench coat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say, in retrospect, I really did like their portrayal of that little cameo scene they tried to do for Wendy O'Koopa wearing all those spikes. Right. Hmm. When and she I was like holding them. the door, that was supposed to be Wendy O'Koopa. And I was like, what? Yeah, I like what they did with Mario and Luigi having the power boots, the, the jump and stuff. That yeah. was kind of cool. I think they kind of did decent casting for the Mario and Luigi, and I say kind of, but um, I think that, you know, what they did for the turtles even, they just had those reptilian guys in spike jackets. They were supposed to be the turtles. Koopa was, I mean, come on, looked like Geese Howard with scales. Like, I just... I don't know. Don't get my dude geese dirty like that. I don't know. Don't you ever. Don't you ever. It, 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 it was crazy. It was crazy. And I mean, it had nothing to do with Mario Brothers, the game, the story. It just, it was, it was just some spinoff. And they put all sorts of people in playing different roles. They had police cars driving around, Koopa cars. I don't know what the hell that was. So. I don't understand why it was John Leguizamo. I mean, he's not even Italian. And it's supposed to be two Italian plumbers. <laughs> right. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So that would have to be my choice for the worst video game converted movie in history, and it will stand as the worst video game movie in history. And I'll come back to later what I think it's a tie with, but I'll let everyone else do and, it. And Nintendo Power was pushing that thing like it was godly. I'm like, why they are you were pushing that so, so hard. Yes, they it was were. It was, it, was it was bad. I was bad. As an upset kid, I'm glad we were all upset children on that one. All right, Kitty, your turn. Okay, so I know people are going to think differently, but I actually do have a huge like soft spot in my heart for this movie. Yes, at the time it was terrible, and the older I got, the more I appreciated it, especially mm -hmm. with its uh, you know underground like culture tied to it. But we got it. I got to give it up, uh, you know, for the '90s Street Fighter movie. Big I time. was with you. I'm I'm with you on that. I when I was a kid, um, when I saw Ming the Wind play Chun Li, who mm -hmm. was completely Chinese, not like yeah. Kristen Kruick. Story for another day. Yes, <laughs> uh, just a, a Honda, a, a Hawaiian e Honda threw me off. Um, you know, yeah, uh, man as a Van Dam. Okay, Van Dam. I'm gonna admit it. As a kid, yes, kind of had a small crush on him, and he was mm. along with Jackie Chan. The most movies that I watched as a kid growing up that made me want to do martial arts and kickboxing. So mm. you know, but seeing him as Guile just completely threw me off in the movie theaters. You know, especially mm. since Guile is all American, and then you have Van Damme with his accent being Guile. So it's just, you know, it throws you off a bit. Um, I got to say, though, I was really upset as a kid, as a kid, for, you know, Cammy being Kylie Minogue. But growing up and 
adoring her now and her music and just this goddess that hasn't aged and you know I love you and you're still beautiful and now I realize damn she was hot as all hell as Cammy. now wonder like everybody else was like not complaining as much as me as a kid and as as much as I loved him as Gomez Adams uh Raul Julia I mean he, he was you know not the big buff bison that we got but damn, did he good, do a good job. And come on now, look, look at us. Look at all these jokes we got. I can't go anywhere, you know, when we're at a tournament or a, a gaming event and one of my goofy-ass friends is yelling, quick, change the channel. And, you know, we all know where that <laughs> came from. Right. And, and especially, look at how the FGC has adopted Tuesday. Right. Look at oh, what yeah. we get. Look at what, all the references we get from him and the infamous Tuesday line from the movie. So as much as people want to crap on it, you know, it has just become like this, like iconic. underground, iconic underground movie. And I just have to give love to it. Yes, it was bad, but it was the bad good. But and it was comedic. It was bad, but yes. it was bad in a good way that we can all exactly. appreciate. It wasn't the worst. There's like a lot worse movies. Of course, there's a lot better movies, but everyone had the Street Fighter connection to it and Mm -hmm. it, it only went skin deep, but everyone appreciated for what it was and just exactly. left it at that. So I think that and was the good part of your the the movie section, and I'm I'm gonna give it 100% to 90 Street Fighter. I'd I'd say that um, Raul Julia had some of the most memorable lines. You know, mm -hmm. you know I remember him um, when he finally got electrocuted, when he got flash kicked into his own technology. Mm -hmm. It was like you know, and you dare deny my godhood, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, stuff, stuff like that. And, you know, it's like, I think my favorite line is, you speak or you will die, preferably both. You know, <laughs> like, like, I remember that. So, yeah, it's, I agree with you. That was good. That was good in a comedic fit sense. It really Okay. Was. I'll go next. Um, there are a handful of movies, but I'm only going to pick one since it's only one. And I would say for me, my favorite movie to this day, because they just, they just followed the continuity very well. And that's the Mortal Kombat 1995 movie. Yep. They followed mm -hmm. it. The only thing they didn't follow was that Shang Tsung wasn't killed. He was defeated and he ran through a portal with his tail between his legs, grabbing Goro and kidnapping Sonya and, and um, Kano with him. That's what the yeah. real ending was when he finally mm -hmm. lost. Right. Um, but it's okay. Just in terms of realism, it was just so good. And they did everything they could to put every video gaming aspect so people can see that you've been playing this game for so long that you will see this. They chose the right people, the right chemistry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the right music. The, oh, the, right the, techno, music. the techno was the awesome. Yeah. There are two songs that everyone remember. This one that the guys are singing right now. And then, um, oh shoot, I completely forgot um, the, the ending song. Orbital. That, oh, thank you, thank you. Orbital mm -hmm. with the ending song, yes. Mm -hmm. So you already have like two big iconic music um, songs from that. And hey, and it's just... don't hate that movie was a lot better than Street Fighter. So yeah. don't hate people. I actually <laughs> saw it in the theater and was smiling on the way out. Actually, I, wait, I waited in line for. I remember like waiting in line for that movie. 
That yeah. movie was like worth it to me. They should well, do a re they should do a re-release for like IMAX or something just for the mm -hmm. fans, you know. And I would go, I would go to see it again in IMAX. Right. They made the costumes really perfect. So like um, mm -hmm. Scorpion and Sub-Zero, they didn't make them look cheesy. They made them look like real no, they, ninja costumes. Yeah. That's why it looked like, vicious. Sub-Zero and Scorpion were done perfectly. Um, you know, Goro, that was great. For the time, yeah. Goro looked like Goro. They didn't bring in some, you know, big, tall, buff guy and tape some arms on him and make him do this. <laughs> you know, they made it look good. So I do have to admit that they did a great job with casting. Mm -hmm. um, that was awesome. Yeah, I think that they did a good job. Now, Mortal Kombat 2, Annihilation, different story, Ooh. different episode, different episode, different story. But yeah. mm -mm. Not touching. We don't touch that. We don't we touch that. Put that over there. <laughs> put it over there. Yeah. Okay, Tron. I'll just end this out with one of the, I would say, I wouldn't say that's the best. I, I can't even say what's the best or what's the most perfect. I won't even go into that, but a solid video game adaptation of a video game, a movie of a video game. I have to go to Sonic the Hedgehog that just recently came out. Mm. That movie is like, I can honestly say that's the first time I ever said, hey, watch this movie for a video game movie. Like, and I can honestly say it's a good movie. Uh, the casting was good. The Sonic the Hedgehog references to the video game were solid. Like uh, Jim Carrey as Eggman or Dr. Robotnik was super on point and I can't wait to see him in the sequels and he's like perfect for that role. He like plays that role perfectly as like person you just hate, but you still got a love for his charming, like uh, maniacal, like different scientific things he's trying to do to catch Sonic. And it's mm -hmm. just awesome. And everyone should see that movie. As I have if you're a question. See any video game movie, watch that one. So I have a question for you. So his role as Robotnik, is he portraying the Japanese version of Robotnik he's, or the American? He's, he's going, he references both. He's so, a mix. It's, it's, he, it's, he did a good mix of both. Whoa. Yeah, I would say, I would even say he's a little bit more uh, Robotnik because of American audiences, but his references to Eggman are so uh, on point that you got to give it up. Like Sagan did a good job. They uh, they put they rested their, that movie license in good hands, and the sequels are already on par. Are already going to be there, so I'm ready yeah. for it. Thank God they remade Sonic. No, I heard, we, yeah, we the first all know it wouldn't have been the same. We all well, know. I don't know. The, the one Hard to say. Uh, it could have been like super bad in a good way, but mm -hmm. it's good in a good way right now. So yeah, we'll see it. Oh, nice. All right, guys. Hey, so that you, can yeah. Here, I have one, one last thing I want to say. Um, my tie for the worst video game next to Super Mario Brothers would have to be Double Dragon. <laughs> Double Dragon oh. movie. Double Dragon was terrible. Are you no, sure it's not it's not dead or alive? God. <laughs> or, or we'll we'll save that. dead or alive for another day. I seen a DOA movie and my girl Lei Fang was not in that movie and I was tight. Oh no. Mm -hmm. yeah, that is definitely another I think we need a part two of this one. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. we'll address this again. This is definitely. not over. It's far from over. <laughs> All right, so that concludes this week's episode of the Strike First Gaming Show. Please tune into our weekly episodes as we will continue to bring our perspectives on politics, video gaming, toys, VR adventures, and everything in, in between in the world of geekdom and fandom from a competitive fighting video gaming perspective.
All right. Bye-bye. See ya.